It's story time on the Broke at 40 podcast today. It is July 24th, Sunday. Happy Sunday to everybody. Hopefully you're walking your way to wealth with me and listening to this episode where I'm going to be talking about perspective in your life and how it can change everything. Coming up next. Hey, before we start our episode, always remember, if you don't want to be broke at 40 like I was, or if you are broke at 40, stay tuned on a weekly basis where I explore the basics of personal finance and, more importantly, the behaviors that can bring you from broke to brilliance, whatever you think brilliance may be. And as always, this podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult with a financial advisor if necessary. My name is Evan Thomas, and this is the Broke at 40 podcast. Hey everyone, it's Evan. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Broke at 40 podcast. I want to begin by giving you my thoughts of the week, things that I've been thinking about as far as some money moves I may be making in the near future. So I wanted to share that with you. I believe I mentioned on an episode just recently that, as you know, I'm with Vanguard Advisory Services. So I did schedule an appointment with Dan, an advisor is his name, um, on August 8th. I've talked to him a few times. And as you know, this year so far, I've been not putting as much money into my 401k and my in my investment vehicles. I am doing the 6% to get the company match, but I've been hoarding cash into my online savings account. And as you guys know, with savings accounts right now, with, with no risk in the market whatsoever, Interest is one and a quarter percent, and it's probably going to go up throughout the rest of this year. So as you know, I've been trying to get my cash position up to at least four to five years of living expenses so that when I do retire, I have money to use in times like we're in right now when the markets are going down. So I'm going to be talking to Dan at Vanguard about my strategy to see if he agrees And to also redo my profile as far as my goals, because as you know, I did not retire last year and I continued on this year, as you know. So I'm going to pick a new retirement date and redo my profile altogether. And so I'm going to need his help with that. And that, of course, is coming up on August 8th. The other thing I wanted to share with you before we start our show today is... I've never been one of those people (laughs) that used credit cards as leverage. Um, But as you know, uh, recently on a previous episode, I shared with you that I got a 0% interest rate uh, card with Capital One so that when I was doing my condo redesign this year, and I spent approximately so far about $10,000 on a redesign, which includes new windows, which are going to be installed. That was like $2,600. So I have all of that on my credit card at 0% and I make payments every month towards principal, of course, right? Um, Clipping right along. And because I would rather keep that money on the card, the 10,000 that it is now, and it will probably go to 15,000 by the end of the year with things like putting my homeowner's insurance on it and other items that I don't want to use my cash with. The strategy there is I'm keeping it in that credit card and taking the cash, not spending it, 
but putting it in my Ally Savings account. And within Ally Savings accounts, you can reallocate the money. So you can have money there knowing that some of it is going to be used to pay off the credit card when the 0% ends in February of 2023. Hopefully you're following that strategy. Um, and again, I've never really done that. And now I'm being enticed by a new credit card through Chase Edge for a 0% for 21 months, which would take me to like April of 2024. So again, I've never played that game of taking balances on credit cards and shifting it to other 0% credit cards. But you know what? At this stage where interest rates are going up and I can keep money with no risk whatsoever in my Alley Savings account, as I just mentioned, to me, that seems like a good strategy because then I can pay it off and I've paid no interest whatsoever. And I even gained and earned interest, albeit not very much, on the money through those months while it was sitting at 0% on the credit card. I'm earning money on the Ally Savings account, paying tax on that at the end of the year, of course, but then paying off the credit card. So again, I've never done that. And I wouldn't encourage it for those of you that don't have really good um, willpower when it comes to credit cards. I have, as you know, through my investing journey over 14 or 15 years, lived through survival years. Then I got to my thriving years. And so I always had the discipline to not use the credit cards um, for things that I really did not need. So if you're the type of person right now listening to this episode that you don't have the ability, perhaps, <laughs> and the willpower to not use your credit card for a big vacation or something like that, then I would encourage you not to do this strategy. But for those of you that can, it may help you as you go through building your wealth over time. So just wanted to share those thoughts with you before we get started. Again, I have my appointment coming up with Vanguard. I'm kind of entertaining the thought of maybe doing this Chase credit card to take the balance on MasterCard, move it over to this card a little bit later. I'm also thinking through some things that I shared with you on a previous episode about I-bonds through the government, treasury.gov, I believe it is, or something. You can Google it. I had talked about I-bonds before. All of us can um, contribute $10,000 per year and purchase I-bonds. Inflation, the I stands for inflation, remember? In inflationary times, I guess it's a good strategy. Um, I think it was is paying about 9% right now. But I can only do 10000 per year. But that may be a good strategy if I'm going to work two or three more years, let's say, by putting 10000 in there one year, 10 and then 10, that's 30000 So taking some of that cash again um, might be advisable to do that um, as far as the cash cushion that I'm building. So again, I'll talk to Vanguard about that strategy. And that might be something that I will do. <laughs> the final thing I want to talk to you about briefly before we get started here is, you know, my food budget this year is, got out of control over the past several months. You may recall at the beginning of the year, I was really good about <clears throat> um, only spending, what was it, $80 per week at the grocery store. Well, you know what, with inflation and, you know, food costs are so high, I kind of like fell off the wagon of that strategy a little bit and started spending more. And I'm okay with that. Um, but now I need to circle back and think through for the next several months, get it back on track 
Now, one thing I want to share with you guys, as you know, if you've listened to my previous episodes, the build a budget mentality is if you've created your build a budget for the entire year, whether it's a calendar year or fiscal year, like for me, I'm approaching my mid-year coming up here soon. And I'll talk about that on this episode a little bit. Um, You always have the ability to move money around on your Excel spreadsheets, your build a budget. So you're never spending more in that year. I may borrow money from a different bucket, let's say the fund bucket, to pay for the overage of the Publix grocery store, um, which might be, um, you know, if I spent 120, um, take 40 out of fund to complement or to add to the 80 that I already, you know, allocated for grocery expenses for that week. So you're always <clears throat> netting to zero in your build a budget. Now, I would not be able to see that if I didn't have my build a budget, which is why I say to people all the time, latent lifesavers, anybody that's on their journey to do better with money, have a budget. Not only have the budget, but work the budget. Have it your spreadsheet that you open up on your computer, you reallocate the money, you save it, you open it back up. You've got to see it. You can't really go through the year without seeing that. Yes, I could say to myself, oh, I spent too much and, you know, I know that I would cut back somehow. But if you don't really see the numbers on your spreadsheet, you're going to find that you will be in trouble. You're going to have trouble keeping on track over the months and the years as you build your wealth going forward. So let's switch gears now and talk about the today's episode, which again is a story time. I'm going to tell you two different stories here and kind of ramble on and on about some things that I think are important as far as perspective in life and how it can change everything. So the first story I want to start with, um, you guys know all the time on the Broke at 40 podcast, I like to share with you things in my personal life somewhat that help you understand who I am as a person like you that is later in life that started saving money. I was broke, as you guys know, at 40 years old. And I want to talk about keeping things really simple, perspective. I've always believed that with finances and in my personal life and my professional life, (laughs) the secret to longevity of success is to keep things simple. Now, why do I want to keep things simple? The reason why I want to keep things simple is because life is always going to throw things at you that you're going to have to deal with. It might be money related. It may not be money related, but you're going to be thrown curveballs all the time. In fact, I'm sure you're being thrown these curveballs now in your life, and you might not even have your financial life in order yet, which is why you're coming back to the Broke at 40 podcast every week. And thank you for that. <laughs> um, So by keeping things super simple, remember the acronym I used, keep it simple, saver. Over time with finances, you must keep things simple. All of the principles of basic, all, all the principles of finance are very basic. Do not go into personal finance and building wealth over time thinking that things have to be complex because they don't. I was able to get to a million dollar net worth in 14 years by keeping things simple. That's all I did. You don't need anything else. So in line of that, 
here's a story for you. It's, it's very kind of interesting and in how this played out. <clears throat> so this past week, I was supposed to be on vacation, a staycation. I, I told my boss a week ago Friday that, you know what, I'm a little bit busy with some projects coming up, so I'm going to change my strategy um, and I want to relinquish my PTO, my vacation time, and do it the week of August 8th instead, which is why I scheduled the Vanguard appointment on a day that I'm off. Okay. So I knew that I had some things I needed to do with the project coming up in August. And so I felt more comfortable working this past week. However, I had, I had scheduled an installation of a new washer and dryer on my patio. You guys know, I may have shared with you before that I live in a place that looks like Melrose, Melrose place. Remember the TV show where the um, kind of Spanish Mediterranean looking Italian actually, you know, with a pool in the middle and all the units surrounding the pool. I live in Florida, so, uh, you know, I'm close to the water. And so this will tie together with what I'm going to share with you right now. We have critters out there like cockroaches and things like that. So, you know, I've never, it never really bothered me too much and such. But anyway, so on Monday, this past Monday, I had scheduled the washer and dryer delivery because my washer and dryer, it broke down like three months ago. I don't know if I shared that with you or not, but I had somebody come in and try to fix it, which they did. It was a hose behind it. Now my, my washer and dryer is on the patio, which is great. It's a concrete slab in a little room on the patio. So I can close my French doors in the house, you know, the condo. Um, so if it ever leaks or something, that's great. It just flows out the patio and into the parking lot. So they did fix that, but then there was something else they wanted to fix. And then, then, then the dryer stopped working like two weeks later. I'm like, what, why is the dryer not working? So it's just blowing cold air. So I went to the laundromat and I'm like, I'm not gonna deal with this. I'm too busy. So I circled back to that a couple of weeks later after that and thought, okay, I'm going to figure this out. And I decided, well, the washer and dryer is about 12 or 13 years old. I just decided to purchase a new set from Home Depot. So it was scheduled for delivery this past Monday. And they got here from at 7 a.m. Believe it or not, the window was from 7 to 9. They got here. So they're taking the my washer and dryer apart. You know how the hose goes out to the outside for the dryer, the vent, of course, right? Well, they're they're taking it apart and a rat was in the hose line and it it fell into the, the laundry room. Now, he didn't say that though. He said, hey, there's a rat in here. I'm like, what? No way. <laughs> Again, I live in Florida. We have fruit rats in the palm trees. They had just cut the palm trees recently. And so what I think happened is that this rat fell down and scrambled around and it found its way into this little, you know, the vent and found a little home and was maybe building a nest or something because I wasn't using the dryer to force him out, right? Okay, so I figured that out with the help of my neighbor because I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to deal with this rat. It's like, so again, things come your way in life and you have to like regroup. You can't be thinking about other stuff. You have to deal with this. This went on for five or six days, everyone. That's what I want to share with you is that it took away my ability to think about other things because I was like, I have a rat in the laundry room. How do I figure this out? It was just so weird. So I go to Home Depot with a friend of mine that lives here upstairs. We got the rat traps, you know. Um, the first morning though, the next day, Tuesday, we opened up the door. We're like, oh wow, he tripped one of the traps. So then we knew there was a really a rat in there because I couldn't see it. It was behind the washer and dryer or the hot water heater in this small room. 
So then we know, okay, great, there's a rat. Close the door. We thought, you know what? He tripped the little rat trap, but he didn't. it didn't get him. And so we go back to Home Depot that day and we get those little pads that they can step on. I know this is pretty gross. Anyway, there is a point to this. Okay, I'm going to keep going with my story. That didn't happen. Now, this rat was so smart. What we decided, what happened was we actually went one more day. We're like, okay, let's try it again. This rat was like, I'm not going to go down there and step in those traps. He actually climbed up the hose, was on top of the washer and dryer. And you know how I know that? Because as we're looking around Thursday morning, okay, this is several days later, the rat actually bit his way out and got out of the laundry room. Okay, so you just have to imagine a concrete wall. There's this metal circle thing, right, where the vent goes, and then they put the hose on it and they clamp it. Well, it had bit its way through and created a hole and got out. That hole was not there before. So we're like, that is one smart critter. And it got out. So anyway, we patched that up. And then it took me, you know, a few days to get the patio back in order and start using the washer and dryer and feeling comfortable that there's not a rat in there. The point of this story for our story time of perspective and keeping things simple and, you know, it can change everything is that I had the mental capacity to deal with something that came my my way in life. And I know you guys have things too, but if you complicate your life with other things, with finances and spending money you don't have, and just living a life that's out of control, when things like this happen, you won't have the mental capacity to figure it out. It takes a brain to figure this out. That rat had to have a brain to figure out that he wasn't going to go back down to the peanut butter that was on these traps, even though he wanted it. He knew that wasn't a good strategy, but he had to get out of there. He also tried to bite his way on the wood door coming out of the laundry room, which luckily, you know, we kept that door closed because I didn't want him on the patio that screened in. He couldn't have gotten in the house, but looking back, could we have done a different strategy to capture him? Probably, but he got out. Now I'm keep thinking, is he going to come back? I hope not. <laughs> so if I continue to use the dryer, of course not. So it was an anomaly, something that probably won't happen again. I've lived in this condo for 19 years. It's never happened before. I was walking around the community and all of the other units have these flaps, you know, on their laundry vents that are open. And I, I hear no stories of critters, you know, going in there. So because of the timing of the sequence of events that happened with the palm trees being cut just three days prior, all of the palms that came down from trees up above, it makes sense that something happened and this rat found its way in. And so long story here, sorry, but the perspective of the, the, the moral of this story before I move on to my second story is I would encourage you all again to keep things really simple in your life so that you have the ability to think critically about taking care of things that come your way, either in your personal life with a simple story like what I'm sharing with you now, or with money as you build your way towards wealth. So my second story, as far as perspective and how in life, keeping things simple can change everything. And and actually this one's probably not gonna be in the vein of keeping things simple, But it will be a story um, in terms of perspective and how 
you know, you change as you get older. So many of you listening right now, I don't know what age you are, but you might be in your 40s. Um, you may have debt. You may be coming back to the Broke at 40 podcast for inspiration. I hope that you are. Um, but, you know, perspective to me means, you know, as we get older, I think we all have to get richer. It really is something that hit me when I was broke at 40 and I thought, I have a unique opportunity, just like you guys have, to change and to have perspective so that my future can be different than what my past was. You guys know I had a bankruptcy at age 29. I had survival years. Then I started to thrive. The basics of personal finance, as you know, is, and I want to share with you some things that you should be doing, is nail down your gross income right now. You guys should know exactly how much money you have coming in and then subtract out your expenses. And then what's left? Is there anything left? Well, that's where you go to then number three and you say, what is my excess? You know, I've nailed down my income. I built my budget on my spreadsheet. You can see the numbers. Is there anything there? Are you just surviving? Okay, great. If you are, that's fine. You don't have much wiggle room to save and invest. That's cool. That was me for 11 years after my bankruptcy. Cool. That's fine. Move forward. Deal with it. As you start making more money, aha, you're going to have excess. So nail down what that excess money is in your budget. Don't spend it on fun or vacations or cars or big houses. Nail down what excess you have. Allocate it to savings. Get your emergency fund up. Keep it there. It's fully funded. If you use some of it, then go back and fully fund it again, and you move forward to the subsequent year. You'll get to a year where you then have the savings going on that you need for your emergency fund. Different than my strategy now because I'm going into early retirement, right? But for you guys, that excess would be the savings that you build. Then maybe the next year you're like, okay, I've done all of these things. I've got my 401k going on to the match. I've got my Roth IRA. I, um, you know, if I have the ability to go back to my 401k to max it out to remember the dollar amount, not percentages, use your dollar amount, max that out, then you might open up a taxable account at some point as well, right? And so use your government-sponsored vehicles, the 401ks, the Roth IRAs, max those out, build, open up the taxable account if you get to a point, and you will, where you have money and excess left over in subsequent years, yeah, you go back and you uh, pop the money into your taxable account and you you just continue to do that. And so before I talk about this next thing that what happens when you do that, I wanna tell you this story and perspective of what happened at work over the past several weeks is that we had a couple new employees join our team. And so our management came to us and said, schedule some time with these two people. Um, their names are Matthew and Adam and schedule some time to get to know them like a meet and greet. Okay. So I schedule the meet and greet first with, with, uh, Matthew. Now I'm looking into the zoom camera, you know, looking at him and I'm thinking to myself and I would never say this, but I'm thinking he's probably, you know, 28, 29, 30, again, perspective, right? I'm 56 years old. When I started with the company, 24 years ago. I was his age probably, right? Maybe 30. I was 32. So his perspective and his vision of the future for himself with the company is very different than mine, but it is the same as when 
you know, I was his age, right? So I told him, I'm like, listen, this is a great company. Do well, arrive early, leave late. Make the company think that they need you more than you need them. That's the way of thinking. And I shared a little bit of that, not much, but it was just a nice little meet and greet. But I'm thinking that to myself, right? I'm thinking, wow, he's probably looking at me going, um, you know, gosh, you know, he was like seven years old when I started with the company, somewhere in there. I mean, yeah, perspective again, right? I remember meeting people with my company that were in their mid fifties when I was like 30 years old, 32, joining the company. I was full of hope. I was thinking that this would be a great journey for me with the company. And in retrospect, looking back over 24 years, it has been exactly that. But I helped create that, right? The company gave me opportunities, but I leveraged those opportunities just like you guys can leverage opportunities as well. You have to position yourself for the greatest success. You know all that. We've talked about that before. So, you know, that was the first person I talked to, Matthew, and I'm just thinking after we hung up, you know, from the Zoom call that, yeah, his his perspective is different. And I did share with him, though, I said, listen, if you do a great job, this is a great company. We hope you stay a long time and continue to learn and to grow. And he just beamed, it looked like, you know, right? He was so happy to be with the team. And so I felt like I had done him a good service of, you know, letting him know that, yes, there is a future here for you. I said, look at the people in our department that have been here as many years as I have, 20 years in the department. Do you think I would have stayed if it was stagnant? Do you think I would have stayed if there weren't advancement opportunities? Do you think I would have stayed if they did not give me good increases every year? No. So put that into perspective. When you guys find something really good with a company, stay there. He even said he didn't want to, you know, jump a lot of companies like young people do sometimes. And, you know, that can be a great opportunity for some if you want to change companies and get a great job. And, you know, if, if your mental capacity is that you can do that, then by all means do that. But if you find a company and you want a future with them, that's a great path as well. It's a path that, you know, is something that we don't see that much anymore, like start with a company and then retire with the same company. But it can certainly happen. And the second new employee that I met with in a meet and greet is named Adam. And so Adam had actually shared with me during our conversation that he is 40 years old. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, here I am talking to a person that just joined the company recently, is 40 years old. And in my mind, I'm starting to go back and anchor to my own experience and my journey. Now, of course, I didn't say to him anything about money. We didn't talk about that. We did talk a little bit about real estate how real estate, of course, is going through the roof. And he shared with me a little bit about, you know, a townhouse that he had purchased in, you know, I think 2012 or 13, somewhere in there. And so, you know, the perspective uh, there is that, you know, I'm thinking again to myself about my journey. And I would love to talk to these people, of course, and, you know, give more details like I'm giving to you um, on this podcast anonymously as Evan Thomas. And yet, as you guys know, in real life, we don't go around telling our stories. Um, Maybe we can give generalities about things that we know and have learned about money through the years. Um, But again, you know, I would, if if I was talking to this person and Matthew about the, um, my journey, you know, it it would go something like this. I would be telling them, you know, again, like I mentioned to Matthew is to 
you know, stay with the company and continue to do well. Arrive early, leave late. The money's going to come. There are people here that, you know, have stayed for many years. That wouldn't have happened. And I would say to them exactly what I said to you just a minute ago about the basics of personal finances, that you've got to have the opportunity to know that you're moving or you have to have the, the insight to to know that you're moving from your survival years to your thriving years. That shift in your mindset and the opportunity to take extra money in your paycheck and put it to where it needs to go, when and why, you have to know the what, the when and the why of personal finance. When you get that money, if you just spend it, you're not going to get to where you want to be. And so in talking with Adam, again, I'm thinking to myself the whole time, what I would really love to be sharing with him is that, hey, I was broke at 40 when I started with the company. Well, I started with the company when I was 32, had eight more years of still living paycheck to paycheck. And then I would love to be able to say to both of them, you know, if you continue to do a great job, you've got to build your wealth. Because I'm sure, you know, I don't know what their personal finance situation is, um, but hopefully they have learned enough to know that they can make the right choices going forward. So I wanted them both to know you are in a good position with this company to do really great things. So as I think about wrapping up this episode, everybody, I just wanted to share with you today briefly and, you know, talk through a story time to let you know that I am just a normal person out there that was broke at 40, that is now 56 years old, 14 years, 16 years, what is it? Yeah, 16 years later. Um, And, you know, at 14 or 15 years is when I got to my million dollar net worth. And I always say, if I can do it, you guys can as well. So hopefully you've taken a lot of information from today's episode in a rambling format, story time. Keep things simple, guys, in your life. Don't make it complicated because things are going to come at you. Like I'm sharing with you now what I had to deal with and I dealt with it. I completed what I needed to do and now I can move on. You know, you've got your finances going on. You keep them super simple. You automate things. You revisit your build a budget. You come back to the Broke at 40 podcast every week and you get inspired, hopefully, by stories that can really change your life as you guys move forward. And always remember that value journey that you are working for a company. They're benefiting, but you're benefiting even more because you're building that nest egg of income potential for when you do stop working then you can use that as hopefully you go into early retirement if that would be your goal. So I'm going to leave you like I always leave you. I want you guys to make it your mission to walk with me to wealth. You guys know I appreciate you. I believe in you and I congratulate you for every step of the way. I'm Evan Thomas. I'll see you next week on the Broke at 40 podcast. Alrighty, that's going to do it for another episode, everybody. Hey, I've got a favor. If you've got a friend that's struggling financially at any age, please share this episode with them. Let them know that I went from broke to a million dollar net worth in just about 14 years. And if I can do it, anybody can. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review. We would really appreciate it. 
What do I always say? It's okay to be broke at 40. It really is, but not at 50 or 55 now that you found us. You can change your financial destiny. I'm Evan Thomas, and this is the Broke at 40 podcast.